he wouldn't shut up. So we gave him a talk show. Sometimes I'll start a sentence. And I don't even know where it's going. I just hope I find it along the way. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. Buck hose. More like buckos. Because they don't suck anymore. They're up 2-0 on Colorado right now. Poised to strike. They're back. As am I. In studio. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. You can follow him on Twitter. Brian LaMartina sitting across from me at FBomber73. And you can follow him, shirtless Tom, behind the glass at 970 button pusher at button pusher 970 the latter not the former tell your kids tell your wife we doing radio up in here we wanted to play the Jarvis Landry audio for you from hard knocks last night but it would have sounded like this beep 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 mother bleep 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 so we chose not to instead i will tell you that Jarvis Landry gave a speech to all of the Cleveland wide receivers who were sucking at practice, whatever day that was, at training camp at Berea, Ohio. And he's getting flack. He's also getting praise. I'm not going to praise the guy, but the flack to me seems BS. All you hear about the Browns is this. They need to change the culture. They need to change the culture. They need to change the way they do things. They need leadership. They need to turn this bad boy around so they don't wind up going 0-16 or 1-15 again. Jarvis Landry comes in. He led the league in catches last year. He's a good player. Not a great player, I don't think, but he's a good player, better than a lot of the players they have on the roster. And he says to his receivers, bleep, 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 bleep. You got to practice. You got to play through pain. Injuries are one thing. You got to play. Get out there. It's the only way to get better. And what he's hearing, a lot of is, oh, he's just doing it for the cameras. Maybe. I don't know, Jarvis. He seems like a guy who would like the cameras. He'd fit in with Juju Smith-Schuster. He'd fit in with Antonio Brown. He'd fit in with most of the wide receivers in the National Football League. So maybe it is the cameras. But he was also being a leader. Whether or not it was there for the cameras, he's trying to get his dudes fired up. And I think he did. Now, does it mean they're going to win five games this year? I don't know. Does it mean they're going to win eight games this year? I don't know. But that's not really the point, is it? Colin Dunlap from the station across the street saying, well, it's not going to matter. Why'd he do it? He's doing it for the camera. The same people who are criticizing Jarvis Landry are also the same people who are criticizing Juju Smith-Schuster for not being enough of a leader. They're saying, Juju, run the right route. Juju, run the right route. Juju, learn how to... Behave with Ben Roethlisberger. Cross the T's, dot the I's, attention to detail, no distractions. And I'm wondering how you can do both things at once. Oh, I know how. Because, boy, we all hypocrites up in the media business. Oh, my God, are we hypocrites. Oh, that guy's not a leader. He can't be leading that way. Juju, we wish you were more of a leader. What? How? Why? Come on. That's ridiculous. 
Jarvis Landry is trying to change the culture in Cleveland. Juju Smith-Schuster is part of the culture that's here in Pittsburgh, a culture that's not all that different than anywhere else in the league. You're going to have me, me, me guys in 2018 in the National Football League. There have been me guys in the National Football League as long as the National Football League has existed. Lawrence Taylor was doing bumps before games. They are guys who were all about themselves that still were able to get it done. Juju Smith-Schuster is all about himself, it seems, right now. But he also was on the all-rookie team last year for having 900-plus yards. If Juju wants to act a fool, if Juju wants to spend most of his time on Instagram, Carl Nassib says, don't waste your life on Instagram. If you watched Hard Knocks last night, he's doing all that, but he's also performing. All this criticism of Juju Smith-Schuster is so overblown. Madden's overblowing it. Other radio peeps, columnists, they're overblowing it. And you know what the difference between them and me is? I'm at camp. I see what's going on. They don't. You know what I saw the other day? Juju Smith-Schuster catch three straight touchdowns and seven shots. Miscommunication? I don't think so. All right, full transparency on the final touchdown. Ben was trying to throw it over his head to another target, and Juju leapt up and caught it. But regardless, two out of three doing the right thing ain't bad, and all three resulted in touchdowns. I'll give him a pass. Ben Roethlisberger pulled him over on the sideline, and they talked. I wasn't close enough to know what they talked about, but I sure as bleep was closer than Madden, and I sure as bleep was closer than anybody that they got across the street. They don't send them there. They don't. Juju Smith-Schuster will be just fine. Juju Smith-Schuster will fit in. Juju Smith-Schuster is a me guy, but this is a league filled with me guys. And you can win with them. You don't think Rob Gronkowski's a me guy? You think Tom Brady isn't a me guy? Tom Brady's flipping out on Bill Belichick. There's a feud there. Don't trade Gronk. Trade Greg, uh, what's his name? Garoppolo. I almost said Gradkowski again. There's too many Gradkowskis in the league. Gronkowski, too. Different Kowskis. We're good. Tom Brady wants his legacy preserved. That's why Garoppolo's not there anymore. There are me guys all throughout the National Football League. Some of the best players in the league. You don't think J.J. Flippin' Watt is a me guy? J.J. Watt? He gets it done. But he cares about himself big time. J.J. Watt loves himself some J.J. Watt. He's always in front of the camera. And he's done some things, obviously, to help in Houston, where they needed a lot of help after the flooding and the hurricane and all that fun stuff. But he wants to be in front of the camera. Most players in 2018 do. But where the Juju conversation goes is the Steelers are distracted more than anybody in the league. And that's the reason that they've been losing. Last year, the Steelers were distracted more than any team in the league. I don't think that that's even up for conversation. It's absolutely a fact Steelers dealt with stuff every damn week, and I'm not going to go through it. But it started with the anthem controversy, and it ended with Mike Mitchell going to the Jags locker room prior to the game and talking smack. The Steelers were distracted. But are the Steelers that much different than your modern-day NFL team? Are they that much different than every team in the league other than New England? Hell, even New England's got their problems, as I said. The Eagles have Malcolm Jenkins, who's hyper-focused. On the anthem issue. They have LeGlaire Blunt, who's selfish. He walked off the field in Pittsburgh. He's had his issues wherever he's gone. 
They had Jay Ajayi, who was such a problem in Miami, that he's a good player, and they move him to Philadelphia. As I mentioned, the Patriots have Gronk. Who cares more about Gronk than winning? Tom Brady's got a damn witch doctor in the locker room. And he ain't getting along with Coach Bill. The coach dropped the bomb on Malcolm Butler. He stood up to the player. Way to go, Belichick. Way to be that guy. Way to send the message. And then what happened? They lost the Super Bowl because Malcolm Butler didn't play. Today's player is different. And if you want to bitch about that, then I understand. If you want to be the old guy yelling at clouds saying that the millennial athlete is a jackass, fine. I get that. You can make that case. Big time, you can make that case. But make it about this culture, not just about the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're not the only team that deals with it. You don't think New York's dealing with it with Odell Beckham Jr.? What do you do? You cut that guy? You trade that guy? No. You know what they're trying to do? They're trying to pay him. And that's the Maras. The Mars are going to try to pay that guy because they understand that today the athlete thinks they're bigger than the sport, but you still need that guy to win. You don't get rid of the best players in the game because they're, quote, distractions. You don't. The Steelers wanted to sign Le'Veon Bell, and he's the biggest distraction out of anybody on this team, and he didn't sign, but they wanted him. Because that's today's athlete. Now, you'll have the guy like James Conner who'll score a touchdown and hand the ball to the referee. He kind of has to right now, right? But the second he tastes that stardom, if Le'Veon Bell's not here next year and James Conner's plowing into the end zone 10 times, rushing for 1,400 yards, do you think he's handing the ball right back to the referee? I don't think so. It's not the way it's done anymore. Some guys do. The majority of them don't. You've got organized team celebrations. The NFL has changed. The modern athlete has changed. It's not just the Pittsburgh Steelers. We've got Chris Adamski joining us coming up in 10 minutes to discuss that. Jerry Dulac will join us at 540. Sidney Crosby turned 31 yesterday. Oh, my God. How flippin' old are we? It was just yesterday. Played 13 years in the league. Evgeny Malkin turned 32 just a couple of weeks ago, which shocked me. I thought he was 31, and now you lose a year of Geno. If you're an idiot like me and can't count. The question is, can they continue to be productive into their 30s? Now, you'd have thunk I'd have done a bunch of homework, right? You'd have thunk I'd sat down and looked at premier players and what they did after their age 31 season and if they were able to continue their success. And I didn't. Because I didn't have to. Because Tim Benz did it for me in Breakfast with Benz. In Lemieux's age 31 season, he won the Art Ross Trophy with 122 points. Finished third in MVP balloting. In his age 31 season, Evgeny Malkin was top three in the league in points. It can be done. Sidney Crosby can have a very good year this year. We saw Lemieux tally 91 points in 67 games when he was 35. He totaled 127 of his 690 goals between the ages of 31 and 40. So it doesn't necessarily mean the Penguins are done. It doesn't mean that Crosby's going to fall off the face of the earth. It doesn't mean that Malkin's going to fall off the face of the earth. Jesse Marshall will join us today at 5 to talk about all this. Gretzky played until he was 38. And over his last eight years, he led the NHL in assists four times. He led the league in points once. Put up 130 points in 1994. You can do it. And yes, these are the greatest of all time, but Crosby and Malkin are 
two of, if not the two best of this generation. Stevie Y. Not the same. He did win a couple of Conn Smythes and a Selkie trophy. Not bad. But he had 500 points between 31 and 40. It's pretty good. All this is to say that if you're going to fret about Crosby and Malkin and their ability to keep this window open for the Penguins, you don't have to because I think you're safe to suggest that over the next three years they're going to be okay. You've got an opportunity in each of the next three seasons prior to 35 years old where these guys can still be all-world players. The question, though, is who's going to age better? Whose game ages better? I think it's Crosby's. I think Crosby could be the kind of guy who, if he's not putting up a lot of points, he could wind up being a 25-goal guy, 75, 80 points, and just shut the other team's best dude down. I think he could be a bona fide Selkie candidate. With Malkin, I don't think his production is going to totally fall off the older he gets. But if he ain't scoring, he's not doing what you need him to do. So I think Sidney Crosby ages a little bit better. Coming up next, it is Chris Adamski. He's from the Trib. We'll ask him about all that stuff. The Bucks are on right now, so I'm not going to talk about them. Maybe after the game. Maybe not. If they win, I'll talk about them. If they don't, they're dead to me. It's Adamski next, Crowley Show. The Adam Crowley Show. What is that? It's, it's some still. Oh, there's some still stuck to my mouth. Get rid of it. I can't, it's awful. Okay, uh. Sweet, uh. I heard a little bit of Harry Carey. Uh. Adam Crowley. Uh. On ESPN Pittsburgh. I think Mark Madden is as good as anybody at radio, and he's as good as anybody at poking the bear, and he believes the things he says. This isn't personal, but I can't stand when guys who aren't at practice, when guys who don't watch what's going on at training camp, make all these accusations and talk about the performance of the players who are out there on the field. And trust me, once the season starts, I'm not going to be around the team at all. But I am there now. And I've seen Julius Schuster, while he has run the wrong route at times, also do a lot of damn good things. He's looked very good, for the most part, in training camp. Michael tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. I know you're not saying it, but I feel like the term distraction is a bit of a stretch for a dude like Juju just enjoying the moment. He just needs to balance focus with the fun, and he'll be fine. I'll 100% agree with all that. Juju's behavior isn't helping the team. But I also don't think it's hurting him. I also don't think it's hurting the team either. And there is a difference. If it ever got to the point where he's in the middle of a game and he runs the wrong route and Ben Roethlisberger throws a pick six and the Steelers lose by a point or two, we can have the conversation about whether or not it's a distraction. But all we saw this guy do last year is kick flipping ass. And he's taking pictures with fans on the sideline right now. We got to castrate him? We got to crucify him? Come on. Wait for the regular season. Is it just that time of the year where there's really nothing to talk about? Are we all just waiting for the first preseason game? Maybe. That's why I've got Chris Adamski on. Chris Adamski's my last-ditch effort to bring some content onto the program today. Hello, Adamski. 
Let's, let's be fair, Adam. No one is ever looking forward to the preseason. I was. I am. <laughs> so and I, I, after I, the first game, I won't be. Yeah, I mean, it is sort of a poor punch time. I mean, I actually got it. I mean, to us who have been up and watching practice now for two weeks straight, I actually am looking forward to, you know, watching a game, evaluating you guys more so than just, you know, in practice seven on seven and five on one drill. And it'll, it'll be good to, uh, as the coach likes to say, get into the stadium. Now, Chris, do you use a laptop to write your stories during the games? Is that like a trick question? Uh, yes, yes, I do. Okay, I hope it's a better quality laptop than your phone. Uh oh. Your uh, phone no. sucks. Your phone sucks, Adamski, but we'll power uh, through. Chris Adamski from the Drift joining us here on the Crowley Show. What have you seen out of Juju Smith Schuster so far? Because he's kind of getting skewered here in Pittsburgh, but not so much I didn't really hear at training camp. There were a couple of times Roethlisberger pulled him to the side and was like, hey, come on, man, let's get better here, but. I've seen a lot of what I saw from him last year. I think he's been having a pretty solid camp. Yeah, it's funny because both camps now he's been hurt uh, at certain points. Remember last camp? What he did last year was more remarkable the fact that he hardly had a camp. He came out a year early from college. He was the youngest player in the NFL, and he kept getting hurt. Remember, he, he, he would get hurt. None of them were major injuries, and he'd be hurt here and there. He'd get a concussion. He, he missed the early part of camp. I think it was a, a groin. And I think he had three or four injuries before the season even started. He's had a couple of things. He's been down this time, too. But as you could tell, you know, he makes play, uh, especially without an A.B. out there, if we have most of this camp. Uh, he's the most talented receiver there is. Ben, ben went to him all four of his seven shots reps yesterday. Uh, that just shows what he believes in him. So, uh, yeah, he's not having a bad camp at all, but he's out there. Do you think that Juju Smith-Schuster is the second most popular stealer behind Antonio Brown? Uh, How about with Steelers fans? Because I think he's, I think he's right there already in the conversation. Yeah, I think if you did a you know, sort of an Nate Silver breakdown of the demographics of the Steelers fans, I think if you had you know the under twenty five uh, crowd, he's probably the most popular Steelers player. Uh, if you had the over fifty crowd, he's probably the uh, not. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what this conversation boils down to and what I wanted to talk to you about today. Chris Adamski from the Trib joining us here on the Crowley Show. I know the Steelers last year had a bunch of distractions, and it was a soap opera, and I've never seen anything like it. I imagine you haven't really seen anything like it covering teams. Apart from last year, and just looking at the National Football League as a whole, do you think the Steelers are all that unique with the personalities that they have. I mean, they do have some great ones. A.B. is an animal in his own right, but I think the Steelers just have what everyone else has, maybe just a little bit more on steroids. Yeah, I think last year was, I don't even know if it was an aberration, but it's not really personality-driven. You had some things that were, uh, I mean, you ran the gamut. I mean, you had, you had a drug suspension, you had a suspension for, uh, or passing drug suspension. You had a, Guy coming off as a, uh, a recreational drug suspension, you had a guy suspended for going on social media, uh, throwing water folders, uh, you, you name it. Uh, you know, it, it's not a bad room overall. There's just, you remember, from the practice was 63 guys in there, 63 on the roster. Some of them are going to be a little different than others. Some of them are going to be more upspoken than others. Those are going to make more mistakes than others. Uh, so, you know, for, for every time you, you have something that, uh, you know, Antonio Brown, being cryptic or, 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 you know, 
do another commercial or whatever, uh, whatever it is you might want to criticize. You got Cam Hayward and, you know, last year at Arthur Motes in there, you know, all, all these uh, kind of stoic, uh, you know, uh, uh, guys in there too. So I, I don't know if it's that much different. I don't know what Juju's doing. You know, you're, you're, you're absolutely right, though. It, he, I don't even know if it's a problem, but he is setting himself up. Once he drops a pass or runs the wrong yes. route or, or whatever it might be, he's setting himself up for criticism. Whether that's fair or not, uh, you know, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But, uh, you know, in our perspective in the media, it's different than everybody else's perspective, too. I'll add that. Let's go a little bit further. I have commented on the, quote, distractions for the last year since it's all been going down, and even before that with Antonio Brown and the locker room following the divisional round playoff game against the Chiefs, and these are things that you don't want to happen, but at the same time, how negatively do they affect this football team? They wound up going 13-3 and last year, and yes, they lose to the Jags. Do they lose to the Jags because of... Those distractions, or they lose to the Jags because they couldn't stop a nosebleed defensively. They lost Ryan Shazier, and the quarterback turns the football over a couple of times. I don't think that's the product of distraction. Yeah, you could, even if you wanted to, somehow try to equate uh, the final distraction, which didn't come out. So I wasn't distraction is the wrong word, I guess. The Le'Veon Bell, you know, Walker Gate, or whatever you want to call it, uh, the day before the playoff game. Uh, I don't like Bell with a bad playoff game. The offense scored 42 points. Uh, so that certainly wasn't a direct result. That's, that, that's the thing. Is, if that team would have won the Super if, if uh, Al Riveron in an alternative universe does this thing differently and the Steelers are 14-2 and two and they play Tennessee that week, I can promise you they would have beat Tennessee that week. And they get New England at home and happen to beat them. But, you know, all the narrative and the storyline would be, look at this team, overcame distractions, and says that Mike Tomlin guided his team for all these distractions outside of his control and, but because they lost, and, you know, they went 13-3 and lost the first playoff game they played, then it's an underachieving season when you go 13-3 somehow. And uh, Mike Tomlin's a terrible coach because he had so many distractions. Do you have now, HBO? Uh, it's funny. I had it my, oh, my entire life. I had it for several years until about a month ago. So, so uh, I, that's the time my favorite show of the year, Hard Knock. So I'll find a way to watch it. So you haven't seen Jarvis Landry's speech? No, I haven't seen it, no. Obviously, I've heard about it by now. But no, I've not, not actually seen it. So you've I'm sorry. To- so you've totally railroaded my second line of questioning. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I try to tailor my life around preparing for the hits that I do with you, but fortunately, <laughs> sometimes it doesn't work that way. Okay, let's go a different direction then. As tomorrow is, what the hell's going on? Hey, turn your radio down at Amsky. Let's talk about tomorrow then. Game number one, preseason, and the cliche question of what are you most looking forward to seeing? <laughs> I think it's always, to me, it's always the rookies, man. Uh, you know, you're seeing guys you've never seen play in an NFL game before. Uh, you know, yeah, we could say what we want about Terrell Edmonds running around making plays with secondary, but I want to see it in an NFL game. I know it'll be backups, their third string quarterback, and all that, but it's still a game. Uh, with officials and a crowd and, you know, full pads and uniform and real tackling. And, you know, you can tap on the quarterback and everything else. Uh, to me, that's always uh, that first game. It always is something after watching these guys rookie camp and OTAs and mini camp and training camp with the pads. All this, the balls in the draft process you hear about a lot of these guys. Uh, you finally get to see him at the So, you know, seeing Troy, seeing Mason Rudolph, of course. I mean, it's a, a rookie quarterback. That's always uh, James Washington. Uh, Kachuk's a core board, and you know, 
Steelers in tight. I'll tell you what, he's probably going to have to play an extra third game for the Steelers this year. Tackle unless something changes. Yeah, I will. I'll look at it. I'll look at it two ways. I I want to see if they do anything scheme wise where we can kind of get a sense of what they're going to be doing this year. Uh, I want to I want to see if they're going to have a bunch of defensive backs on the field or if they're going to play it straight. That's interesting to me. And then the other thing is not even related to this year. It is Mason Rudolph. It is James Conner. I want to see if those two in particular, if Chuk Okafor, who is probably, like you said, going to wind up having to play tackle at some point this year. I wonder if those three can progress so that we can start to see the future of these Pittsburgh Steelers. I want to know if James Conner can be close to good enough uh, to be part of a rotation next year with Le'Veon Bell. Now, he looks the part in training camp, and I came in wanting to poo-poo that storyline. He looks really good, but I, I want to see what the future holds. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of uh, you know remarkable, uh, and, and, you know, and it's, it's a tribute to the Steelers, I guess. They've you know to make it the playoffs now, what, what four years in a row, uh, stability I and mean, sort of stagnancy, or what, what is that? In terms of the, the, the starters, it's not getting offense. The offensive line's been the same practically forever. Uh, and, you know, quarterback, running back, uh, you know, number one receiver. Although beyond that, there's a lot of things. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's kind of what, as you know, we probably won't see. Well, other guys, you probably you might not see any of them. I right. might be able to wave up, and that might be it. Pretty much, uh, the entire Steelers' uh, first team offense. Uh, if you assume that James Conner, of course, is not the real first team running back. We're gonna let you go, Chris, because your phone sucks. But I appreciate the time, as always. And are you driving to Philadelphia right now? Yes, I'm on the, I'm on the turnpike right now. Yes. How far away? I don't know where I'm. At. I'm in the mile marker one sixty three. Now everyone knows where you are, you idiot. Why'd you do that? I mean, I wasn't asking for specifics. So be careful, okay? Appreciate you coming on. And, yeah, I felt like you were kind of far away. Be good. All right, bye, Adam. All right, man. Chris Adamski, Tribune Review. I mean, what am I supposed to do? I don't think he liked that she did that to him. He oh, did not. He yeah. did that. He did sound. He did Adamski. sound a little, a little chagrined. Like, geez, I came on your show. Yeah, buddy. he did. <laughs> he did. Because I, I put it out there early on in the interview, too, that his phone kind of blows. And he didn't like it then either. No. Because I was making fun of his computer. He's very connected to his phone. I think he thinks very highly of his phone. And you insulting him, it might not be good. No. I feel like he might be cranky because he's driving a Philly. Mile marker 164 probably at this and moment right, right now. now. Yeah. yeah. And by his tone for a preseason game. <laughs> right. Look, I, okay. So this is just me being dorky, but I'm really excited for tomorrow. Because I'm sick and tired of looking at practice and trying to make comments off that. After after a while, it's going to be kind of the same thing. What I am interested in seeing is the Steelers' offensive line and how they shuffle it, and it could totally derail tomorrow's entire preseason game. Because B.J. Finney is going to play center for Marquise Pouncey. But B.J. Finney's the guy who would be starting at left guard in place of Ramon Foster. So if Finney's playing your starting center position, then that means Matt Filer's playing your left guard position, which means that if one of them goes down, you've lost your backup center or your third-string center, and if both of them get nicked up, who in the sweet world's going to snap the ball in the preseason <laughs> game? And, and, you know, that while wind up affecting the way that a guy like Rudolph performs, it's going to affect the way that James Conner performs. The defense on the other side... If you're the Eagles, you're going to have a hard time evaluating what your guys are doing when the friggin' center's rolling the ball to the quarterback. Like It could be a potential disaster tomorrow <laughs> if one of those centers goes down. And I don't want to see anybody get hurt, 
Uh, I don't want to see anybody get banged up to the point where they're not going to make the team or banged up to the point where it's a career-ending injury. But I wouldn't mind maybe one of them stoving their finger and just seeing how crazy it gets. I mean, it would be wild. Who's going to snap the football? Do you remember when James Harrison in 2008, 2009, actually. Yeah, it was 2008. It was 2008. He snapped the football because the long snapper got hurt. And he shot it right over the head of Roethlisberger through the end zone, and it wound up costing him. And the Giants were coming off their Super Bowl winning season. It was a great game. Been through four picks. But it was nonsense. I kind of want nonsense. Give me a reason to watch. Yeah, I want shirtless Tom out there snapping yes. the ball. Like, that's the option. Yes. Go to that. Now, that's some hard knocks shiz right there. He could do it, by the way. He could. Mm-hmm. I have faith. I don't think he'd be any good at going down and covering, but. Wouldn't like wearing a uniform. No, he could snap the ball, though. No, long snapper's the perfect position because all you do is snap it, and then you just stand up. And you just kind of like get to watch the play happen because no one's allowed to hit you. So it's, it, it's really perfect for me. I mean, you you do, get, it's like a courtside seat. I mean, you do know you, most of the time they're trying to tackle the guy, too. Are you saying like center's like the ball boy at like a tennis match? Like the guy who runs across every once in yeah, a while? Exactly. Okay. That's exactly what they do. Wow. I want to get you in the hallway. We've got a football here. I want to get you in the hallway snapping at 17 yards. You need to start working. You might, you might, they might need you, man. Second quarter tomorrow. You know what? I have so little faith that you'd even be able to do a long, uh, a shotgun snap. And that's what we're talking about. Because the I, you can't bring in the long snapper either to be your center. You're going to die. <laughs> I, I don't know. Put holes in people with that long. I don't know. I don't know what you'd do. Mark Caballi just texted me. He said, Adamski's phone sucks. He sounds like Charlie Brown's teacher. Thank you for that, Mark. Appreciate it. That's why we cut him off. Hey, easy on his phone. Yeah, Very he, sensitive about his phone. It's his buddy. Yeah. He doesn't want anybody talking any smack about Don't talk phone. smack on my Siri. I love her, and she sings me to sleep every single night. Coming up next, we got to react to hard knocks. We have to talk about everything that went down, because there is a bunch to digest. And yes, I realize it's the Browns, but it's also the Browns. It's a Crowley show. Adam Crowley. You don't know any of the lyrics? There are other lyrics. But if I had to mix them up, I would probably go with Oh, Chechnya, oh, Chechnya, I love this freaking country. The Adam Crowley Show. Love that show. On ESPN Pittsburgh. If 970 ESPN... We're on Hard Knocks. Then the trailer would look a lot like our cheese tease today, at underscore Adam Crowley. But also, Jerome, our intern, would be the first cut. (laughs) This guy's supposed to do a sports update. He doesn't know where to print it. He's asking Brian for help how to print it. He doesn't have headphones. He's asking Brian where to get headphones. He looks everywhere for headphones. Can't find headphones. I bet you I could leave and be back with headphones in two minutes. Yes, you could. But it's my radio show, so I'm not going to do it, and I'm not going to ask either of you to do it, because Jerome's sports update is not integral to the success of this radio program. I'll tell you right now, Adam, it's kind of funny that I I told him that the headset that was on the desk there is broken, but he still plugged them in and put them on. Now he's taking them off. <laughs> like he just, he's wearing the headphones! He's wearing broken headphones just because he's he doing! Just so he looks good. <laughs> hey, my internet's not working. Oh, wait. It's not plugged in! (laughs) We love Jerome here. I love Jerome, too, but it's... 
If I had the Wi-Fi password and logged on and then went on Google, that's one thing. If I didn't have the Wi-Fi password and then questioned why I couldn't get on the Google, that's another thing. And Jerome is the latter part of that analogy. Jerome, you've got 15 minutes until we come back for our next segment. Don't find headphones! Don't do it! I... Look, 15 minutes, I honestly don't think it's possible with this kid. That's not that quick. That's like way too little time. Well, and here's the problem. It's going to take him 15 minutes to find the door. <laughs> He's very slow in terms of the way he moves. He's not a quick gentleman. No. And he also does not have a key to get back in if he walks out the doors. <laughs> so if we were all placing bets right now, and we do like Drew, we're giving him a hard time, but we like him. I like him a lot, really. But if we were placing bets as to what's going to happen, I bet you he says, I need headphones, and he's so desperate for them that he walks out the locked door and then does not have a way to get in, and he texts you about it. No, no, he took he took Tom's card. He actually card. did some problem solving there. Oh, that he was came a... and took my key card so he could get around the building. So wow. Jerome might be growing up in front of our very eyes here. For a second time, I thought he went in there to look for headphones again. Just to make sure there was in here. Minutes, yeah, just because it was a familiar room. Okay, I, I doubt he will have them. If Jerome has them, he can survive this round of cuts. He can survive until the cut down from 75 to 53, although that's not the way they do it anymore. But if he does not find them, that's my cut noise. Gone. That sounds end, more like a whip. At the end of the week, gone. Is that a whip? Yeah, that's... What's a, what would you do for cut? I'd finger gun. Out of here. Oh, well, <laughs> gone. <laughs> like, waste of. Did you guys watch Hard Knocks last night? Yeah. I did. What a freaking show. I love show. that show. There are a couple of things that stood out to me. Hugh Jackson. <laughs> the family stuff sucks. I feel terrible for him. He was a great offensive coordinator with the Bengals, too. He did a lot of creative things. It's why he got hired to be the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. The Browns, pardon me. But when he's running that meeting and he's got Coach Todd there and he just totally shuts Coach Todd down, first of all, hilarious. <laughs> Second of all, Coach Todd won more games in one season as the head coach in Kansas City than Hugh Jackson has won as a head coach in his entire flipping career. So you should probably listen to what he has to say. There's a reason why they were 1-31 over the last two years, and you can see that he's not a good coach, a head coach, because he's got assistant coaches trying to tell him their opinion on stuff, and his response was to say, I get it the way that I want it. That's not what good leaders do. No. That's not what a good delegator does. I guarantee you Mike Tomlin took input from Coach Haley. I guarantee you that he did it. With Keith Butler. You know he did with Dick LeBeau. You know when he came in, he said, you know what, Dick, I'm going to let you do what you do. And this guy who's won one flipping game in two years, he thinks jumping in a flipping lake is going to change? A warm lake at that. Not even cold. It's just a, it's a warm lake. It's, <laughs> it, it's not even cold. You, I just said what you said, except louder. And, <laughs> yeah, no, he did and, better. And squeakier. <laughs> I mean, that's how you're going to change it? You're not going to try to change the culture. You're not going to try to utilize the people who are around you. You're going to jump in a flipping lake and just say, oh, we're better. We're cleansed. Right. I mean, it's 
Wait, is it a baptism? Yeah, it's a cleansing. An adult baptism? Those are always creepy, by the way, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> so that stuck out to me. It was also hilarious. That was great. And you hit it right on the head. When you're dealing with somebody like Hugh, a leader doesn't put down their people in public like that. Jerome, if, wear the headphones! <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we're not leaders. We're doing a talk show here. But, like, the thing is, is he went hard. He went hard line, like, it's my way or the highway, basically. And that's not how you're going to get any creative fire out of your coaching staff. And you need those guys to be on board. Like, in that meeting, I saw the beginning of a coaching staff falling apart. Because, one, your way or the highway, your way sucks, buddy. I mean, your way, we got your way last year. It is time to open up to maybe a little bit of criticism, maybe a little bit of of a better idea. If I were Coach Todd, what I would do there, instead of what he did, what he did do was come back around and try to help the coach's message. He fell in line. He was a good soldier. Yeah. What I'd have done is I'd have said, Coach Hugh, with all due respect, we're 1-31 in the last two years. We've got to do some things a little bit differently. We've got to change. And what he did drop was a, don't live in your fears. <laughs> you know what that showed me? He respects Mike Tomlin. Because that is, Mike Tomlin has been saying that since the day he came out of the womb. Should we cut the umbilical cord? Don't live in your fears. Hey, he's been saying it since the day he got out of the womb. And now Todd Haley's saying it. I mean... There's no comparison between Mike Tomlin and Hugh Jackson as an NFL head coach. And again, God bless him for everything he's got going on right now. But you, you ever think Belichick does that? I'm sure Belichick will let, hear the room out and then make his final call. We do it all the time on show meetings. Like, yeah. all the time. Like, uh, that's a good idea, but this one's better. And Brian's always telling us, that's a better idea. Just do the better way. Because that's what you do. If you keep doing things the the way that got you to 1-31, in 31, then... Why would you expect it to be different? Because yeah. you went swimming in the lake? I mean, that's... You yeah. could tell why they're bad. What else stuck out to you? Oh, the Landry speech stuck out to me. Now, I know where you came down on it. Like, you think it's a good deal and you don't think you should take criticism. I saw it as a fake moment. Yeah. Man. You know, and, and with the leadership kind of uh, kind of idea we've been throwing around here, I don't think leaders handle themselves like that. There's a few people there who are hurt and who have not been practicing. You go to those guys individually. It, it looked to me like it was it was a show for the cameras. It was set up. And, and make no mistake, people, this is a reality show first oh. and foremost. So, yeah, it's football. It's everything. But everything's pre-scripted there. And, and I think that that was just kind of the epitome of it. There he is with a perfect shot looking down. He's perfectly centered, ready to go. All the receivers are there. I know it's a meeting and they're filming it. But it was just too perfect. And then really what he said... It, it was it was actually like Ray Lewis, but dumber. It was a bunch of f bombs. That's what it was. Do you remember when they did the twenty four seven and the Winter Classic stuff prior to the Penguins and the Capitals, and then David Steckel ruined Sidney Crosby's life? There was the speech by Bruce Boudreaux, where it's just f bomb here, f bomb there, f bomb here, f bomb there, and it does eventually fall on deaf ears because you're just going to tune that out. I think that there was a combination of leadership. And then also overplaying it. I, I think you're spot on. That's a really good point. Go to the guys individually. You can be a leader that way and not have to make it about show. And obviously Jarvis Landry is wanting this to be a show because he brought the damn cameras to his house. Right. And his cute girlfriend and the baby. Very, very cute. And he very he cute wants girlfriend. it to be a show. Very, very, very cute. cute. 
Speaking of cute, who'd you have to beg, Jerome, to get those headphones? You got headphones. Who'd you have to beg? Do you even know how to turn the microphone on? I do, I do. Where'd you find new headphones? I found them in the SNR studio. Wait a minute. Did you steal someone's headphones? They were sitting there on... Oh, jeez. On... Behind the computer. Oh, <laughs> uh, jeez. You know what? I think those are I think those are headphones that the running back from Georgia was using. Has his name right on it. Sonny Michelle. Uh, that was a visual joke. Wow. Should have set the Sony <laughs> should have set the Sony thing up first, what you're saying. Uh, yeah, yeah. We ready for this update? Yeah, now we, we are. We ready for this flipping <laughs> update? Are you ready, Anything drum? to save that last 10 seconds. That was a great joke. <laughs> are you ready, Drum? Yeah. A lot of energy, right? What's his name, PlayStation? Uh, dude, real quick before. <laughs> 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 that was an awful good joke. Okay, so real quick, go back. So, Jerome, we had you do this once before. Yeah. Um, you got to do a bunch of updates for us. Have you learned anything from these updates? What What are you aiming for in in this delivery here? Well, the energy is very important. Sounds that it. sounds like it. I mean. <laughs> You're off to a great start in that category. <laughs> okay, so the energy is a big thing. What else? The energy, uh, the delivery, you know, make it short and time it right. You know, got to make sure that I, I don't end too short. I don't end too long. Just right. Just right. Okay, anything else? Freaking Goldilocks. Yeah, it's like a nursery <laughs> rhyme. <laughs> um, I, How do you like your porch? <laughs> okay, what else? PlayStation! <laughs> you ready? I am ready. I don't need you to talk anymore unless you're doing the damn update. Okay, we got a bad ready. Send it in, Jerome! The Pirates are current. Good afternoon, everybody. Energy, Jerome. The Pirates are currently playing the Rockies, and the Pirates are winning 3-2 to two at Coors Field. So far, Chris Archer in his second Pirates start. He's on the mound. I guess Four it's not very exciting, Jerome. Four and one-third innings, five hits, two earned runs, three strikeouts, and one walk for Archer. The Pirates are looking to take the rubber match today in Colorado. The Steelers are off today as they travel to Philadelphia for tomorrow's preseason opener. Coach Mike Tomlin said that Landry Jones, Mason Rudolph, and Josh Dobbs will all play, but obviously no Big Ben. Antonio Brown will not play either in the club, so they will evaluate his injury when they return from Philly. Speaking of Philly, neither Carson Wentz or Nick Foles are expected to play tomorrow, and Nate Sudfeld is expected to get the start for the cross-state rivals. The game tomorrow night begins at 7 o'clock, and you can listen to the call right here on ESPN Pittsburgh. Some other quick NFL notes. Not just the Steelers and Eagles will start their preseason tomorrow. 11 other teams are scheduled to uh, play in the NFL. Everyone else in the AFC North will be in action. The Ravens host the Rams, the Bengals host the Bears, and the Giants host the Browns. With your sports update, I am Jerome Petikowskis. You finished early. Way early. <laughs> coming yeah. up next, we hear from Jesse Marshall of The Athletic. We'll, we will get to you when we come back, but we will talk to Jesse Marshall about the Penguins' aging superstars. You're listening to The Crowley Show. Day, two, day!